RNZ National, time for Tech Tuesday. Once a fortnight, we're joined by Dan Watson from Vertec IT Services with his thoughts on an area of technology or information or sometimes volunteer firefighting. Hi, Dan. Hey, g'day, Juicy. Uh, big TV star now. Oh, yeah. Don't forget where nah, you were really. discovered. Don't forget where it all began here on Afternoons and Tech Tuesday. You've been on uh, Nigel Lattice's scam show, though. Yeah, mate that that was that was an experience getting a peek behind the curtain. Yeah, tell me tell me about the filming first of all. Did they um did you get plenty of makeup on, make you look pretty, get the lighting right, all that sort of stuff? <laughs> what was there no. was there food? Were there snacks? Was there a craft services table? I did provide a few beers. <laughs> what you 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 provided <laughs> hospitality for them? That's hospitable. not how it works. No, you're meant to be. Um, yeah. You meant to be uh, benefiting from the deep pockets of TVNZ, mate. Not put it, not buying your own beers. Well, clearly, I need to join the union and get some things sorted out. <laughs> did you enjoy the experience, though? I did. It was it was actually quite fascinating. Um, I appreciate. Uh, I have a greater appreciation for the amount of work that goes onto uh, TV shows. Uh, it, it, there, there is a fair amount of repetition and making sure that they're at the right <laughs> angles and you got everything that so they can do cuts and yeah. lingo that I still don't understand. But uh, it, it, it was they were a great bunch of guys to work with. That's why I tend to do live TV because they can only ask you to do it once. <laughs> <laughs> it improves your dollar per hour rate, right? Yeah. Hey, well, I haven't got to it. I'm sure I promise I will on demand. But what was your topic of expertise? So I got tapped for uh, two segments. Uh, one was on the episode two uh, and on investment scams, and the other one was on invoice scams in episode three. Well, tell me what you told them and then what was left on the editing floor, because that's usually quite a bit. Yes, quite a load for the investment scams. I had a couple of phone calls with the the scammer where he was talking to me about the the various financial instruments. I was left at the like sitting down when we like, hey, like now we're going to arrange for this call with the scammer with Nigel Ladder and, and that kind of stuff. And and um, I had a last minute freak out. Yeah. Like I <laughs> I hadn't actually searched out whether the guy had a LinkedIn profile before, and then I did, and I was kind of expecting to see a lack of congruity. You know, like what that person said about themselves and what was on the profile, and everything matched. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, is this guy actually legit? Right. And then like, no, but I'd already gone through. And done the work. I knew. I actually intellectually knew that it was all a scam. Yeah. But the guy's so good, and like, there's so many things that look just right. Yeah. That I was left going, oh, I don't. Oh, I think I might have made a Oh, I better check this again, and then just reconvince myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, really second guessing yourself. That and and man, yeah, if it um, if it's confusing you, what chance do the rest of us have? Yeah, that was that was one of the thing, and and part of the advice, like the banking ombudsman advice during the show is spot on. But again, that I think part of that might have been uh, limited by the time available for, by the format mm-hmm. because it was kind of put across that if you get a call out of the blue with regards to an investment scam, then you know that's not how it's necessarily going to work all the time. Oh, yeah. Because immediately if you get somebody who's contacting you out of the blue, you're going to be on your on your edge checking this out mm-hmm. because people hate salespeople, right? Uh, it's more however, likely to be my friend Dan who calls me up and says, Jess, I just got into something really good. You should get in as well. That could be it. It's it could be your mate who's trying to hook you up with like a really good deal, which is I was dealing with this woman out of Aussie who lost a huge amount of money 
and part of that, she showed me like the email chain going back and forth, back um, right to the beginning. And it was one of her mates had yeah. done like a, an email broadcast email out to few, uh, like three or four of his mates, where you know, hey, I invested 12k, and now I've got 30k in my account. Check it out for yourself. Mm. And that was the lead-in. So that was one way. The other thing that I saw, which was, I, I don't know if they really covered it, was how some of these people are getting scammed. Is you're going hunting, like say you're 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 getting towards retirement age, right? So you might have a whole bunch of life savings yeah. in stocks and bonds yeah. investments, and investments, whatever. Yeah. And some of them might be more risky, right? And you're thinking, okay, it's time to shift my investment profile mm -hmm. down. I'll be mm -hmm. a little bit canny about it. I'll do some googling, do some reading up. One of the one of the big search terms was compare fixed term deposit rates NZ, uh, and then when you search that up, quite often one of the top four uh, Google ads that is going to be in there is a scammer site, right? And that scammer site, the sole purpose is to get you to give them your contact details, so they can get a highly convincing, well-trained person with the right kind of accent and the the whole story to to get on the phone with you and do the rest of the convincing. Wow. And because you've gone out there looking, being smart, I'm doing my research. There was actually a woman on the on the episode too, who pretty much this is kind of how she got into it. But that that's the thing is that the the advice was kind of limited. Um, you, you do need to be aware. Full stop. You you need. I spoke to um, my investment advisor. Shout out to uh, Simon Angelo of Vista Portfolio. Vista Folio, uh, he, he, he basically says, look, what you need to do is make sure you are aware of who the custodian of your capital is at all times. They should be a registered financial advisor, uh -huh. you know, recognized by the FMA in New Zealand. In New Zealand, don't go outside of your jurisdiction because once it's outside of your jurisdiction, it's very for um, you to even get your money back because if they're inside New Zealand, you know, they've got some certain protections there. Like, you know, you don't get your money back if the investment itself fails, but if they were to fail whilst you had your money in trust with them before it got invested, then, you know, you got you got options there. I'm looking um, at that website you mentioned, by the way, because I Googled what you told me to Google and I found a website and it looks pretty flash. Um, there's a bit of random capitalizations of words like banks, um, but apart from that, there's no information apart from just a, a form for me to fill out with my name, email, and phone number, ideal investment amounts, um, and region. Oh, yeah. and I, then I submit my request, and I guess I guess some friendly person rings me back and uh, with some great suggestions of what I could do with my money. Yeah, don't submit to those websites. <laughs> Please do not. Don't go there. Oh man, Google it and have have some amusement, but don't even engage with them. They're really good. It's it's organized crime at, at a significant level. It, it's really, it's so effective. Yeah. So um and and they're in every jurisdiction. You can you can Google that fixed term deposit compare fixed term deposit rates, Australia, uh, you know Canada, UK, US. It's it's big, and they'll be raking in billions. Yeah. Anyway, gosh. that was that was episode two. In episode three, uh, attempted an invoice scam against my accountant, and um, <laughs> it didn't work. You know because. Part of it, what you don't know, is that about six months ago, they actually did have, have a, a, an email uh, scam issue, uh, which got them on their edge. Yeah, yeah, tightened and, everything up. Um, oh, they certainly are tightened now, and I thought that was actually quite good because they did all the right things, you know? And, and Could um, you just run us down? Good. We've only got a couple of minutes. Can you run us down on what an invoice scam is? Okay, so the, the idea is you, you're sending invoices to companies in hope that they'll pay you. 
mm-hmm. right? I mean, you don't have to provide any services, so the, the gross margins are fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and am I pretending to be, you know, um, oh, uh, Spark? Look, there, or... there, was a, there was a dude, the biggest invoice scams uh, was in like 2015, and then one dude pretend that he was a, a hardware supplier to Google and, and got like a hundred million dollars. So once once you once you get once you get inside the accounting system as a supplier, then you're good to go. Now that was mostly what it looks like is a combination of business email compromise where they're spoofing your a supplier's domain perhaps mm-hmm. to say Hey, it's it's us from uh, widgetsrus.com. Yeah. Um, except you don't notice that the the S on the end is actually a five, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're your normal supplier, and then they get involved in the conversation. And if they can compromise your email system as well, then they can kind of they get doubly more effective because then they can make sure that any emails going out to your actual supplier don't don't oh, make it. Gosh. Um, right. So. You, so you what's know, the top line advice then, Dan? The uh, for that one, um, I'd. Most people already have pretty good spam and inbound filters for malware for their companies and for their for their businesses, and that's not so much of a problem because spam is not going to pick out a legitimate email account that's been set up to try and fool you because it will be a legit email account. It's just going to be a slightly wrong domain name, or they're going to pretend that they are your domain to um, your your customers um, and suppliers and try and get involved in the in the trans- commercial transaction. So there are things, there's, there's additional protocols which have been put in place and that the, it's, the uptake at the moment is quite low, but what it does is it, it specifies to all internet mail servers out there, which are the absolutely only legitimate m- mail servers that send email from your domain. So, because the email protocol that the world runs on is very open, archaic, and has had 40 years of retrofitting mm-hmm. technologies on top of. But the underlying system is like is very easy just to say, I am GC Mulligan at Radio NZ, right? And unless you've got some additional protections built into your um, domain name system to state, okay, these three servers are legitimate senders yeah. for the Radio NZ domain. Yeah. Um, and if, that's, if you get email that pretends it's coming from Radio New Zealand, and it doesn't come from one of these things, reject it. Okay. It well, can I just clarify, though, that the people I've emailed from RNZ today asking for money, that is actually me. I am really desperate. So um, please get back to me. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Rock on. Dan Watson from Vertec IT Services. No doubt he'll be on Shortland Street next Tech Tuesday. And I uh, really appreciate the advice. Cheers.